Hey, my sisters, it's your girl, Joy, Purpose and Cultural Strategist. Welcome to the show, Just Us Sisters. Let's get started with living out and growing into this thing we call womanhood. Hey, sis. I just want to invite all of you guys um, and welcome y'all to Just Us Sisters podcast. Like I said, we are in the middle of a series here with Dr. Kimberly Offit. And it's something, it's a vulnerable conversation and it's something that is necessary because we as women, part of growing into womanhood, there are areas in our lives that we identify with that causes us to grow because situations have happened, life experiences have taken place or the people that we have allowed in our lives and just decisions that we made personally as women. So today we're going to be talking about marriage and kids. And, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm not trying to single out my folks that aren't married because as we talk about kids, let me tell you, I'm pretty sure there's something in here for you too. Cause kids is, you know, that's a universal kind of topic. I don't care if you're married or single, but we're going to be talking about marriage and kids and how does that uh, impact relationships? How, how does that impact relationships, the ups and the downs, the life lessons learned? And so Dr. Kim, can you just give us a brief, just, just tell the folks, hey, which, you know, just a little bit about you. If you're following the series, you, you've already heard a little bit about her, but just, just, just tell them just a smidge of a tidbit about you. Hey, Joy. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be to be here with you again. Um, my name is Dr. Kimberly Offit, and I've been married 18 years, and I have seven kids. Four of them were adopted from the foster care system, so I have three adult children, ages 26, 26, and 22, no, 23, and then uh, 16. Um, are my oldest four who were adopted from the foster care system. And my youngest three children, I actually gave birth to. So they got their ADD from me naturally. <laughs> and they're ages 15, nine, and four. We also have six grandbabies. So my husband and I, I'm only 43, saying only because I still feel very young. And you and, look it. <laughs> well, praise God. <laughs> I'm only 43 and my husband's 41. So when you think about you know, our life as foster parents, adoptive parents, and, and parenting, you know, kids along the way, the kids that we actually gave birth to. This has been a journey. This has been a journey for us as a, as a couple in, in our marriage, and it, it's definitely had um, many impacts in our relationships um, along the way. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about that with you today. So that's, that's, you know, you, you said something, many, many impacts. I, I can many remember impacts. many impacts. So <laughs> When I got married, I already had a daughter. Mm. She was young. She was very young. And it didn't work out with me and her dad, her biological. He's not in the picture. And so my husband already came to the marriage with the son. Mm -hmm. And he announced from a family. So we was a blended family. Okay. And so when you try to blend it, 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 it kind of has some tension in this. So we had a child together. Mm-hmm. And so what I noticed is, you, you know, when you, you, like you, like you said in a, a previous podcast, when you're married and it's just y'all life is great. You're traveling, you're doing this, you, you know, you, you, y'all, 
y'all, it's just you. It's Bonnie and Clyde. Y'all against the world mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. I don't but, feel like cooking. Okay, babe, no problem. We're going to order out or go get something to eat or whatever the case is. But, but when you when you bring kids into it, it shifts the dynamic of the house, the atmosphere, the environment, and your relationship. So Children make me grow up. They make you, they, <laughs> girl, you ain't never lied. They make you grow up. And so let's talk about when you decided, because you have a, you have a unique situation that is a blend, that is a different type of model of a blended family. Mm -hmm. You adopted kids first before you guys actually had children of your own. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about how did you get to the place? What was the comment? What did you, what did you tell, what did you tell your husband? Did you just tell him, look, I, I want some babies and I want to, I want to birth them out. And so we just going to go, I seen four over here. So we're going to go grab them four and bring them home and love them and raise them. I mean, how, how did that conversation even come yeah. up? <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, really interesting. My professional life, I am a recruiter for foster and adoptive parents. Well, back then I was a recruiter for foster and adoptive parents and God has a sense of humor before I could go to the church telling them about James 127, you know, where it says pure and faultless religion is this to care for the orphan. He's like, no, baby girl, you do it yourself. And that's, that's how me and God talk. <clears throat> I don't know if God talked to you that way, but that's how he talks to me. And so he was like, no, baby girl, you do it yourself. You know, you, you foster, you adopt, and you tell families your story. So my husband and I had only been married for a year before I saw this child in a book. He was literally photo listed in a, back then they printed this book. If you can imagine, um, a book that is thick as a J.C. Penney's catalog. My my child, along with you know about 350 other kids, were photo listed in there. He was nine years old at the time, and he had been in foster care for the last four years. And he was waiting on the family. And I knew that I knew just like I know that I'm a black woman, and just like I said in the last call that I knew Marcus Adamoff. It was my husband. I knew that was my son. And I had to go and tell my husband. Baby, <laughs> you, you, you want the baby card. <laughs> you, you, you pulled the baby card. The sweet. I had, I had to pull the baby card. I had to. I literally. It's, it's a long story how I, I, how I knew, but just to get to the point, I knew that that was my son, and I had to go home and I had to tell my husband. And my husband was not all of that, you know, eager to be a father at that time. You know, if you've listened to the last podcast, you know that my husband and I got married after knowing each other for only two months. So by this time, we were a year into marriage and had not had our own children. My husband wanted to prove to everybody who thought that I must have been pregnant was why we got married so fast. Like they just knew oh, that I must oh, have been Oh, the shotgun win. <laughs> yeah. So he was just determined that we weren't going to have no kids for at least three years, right? And so here I am a year into the marriage and I'm talking about adoption. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute we haven't even had our own kids yet. What are you talking about? And this is not a, a three-year-old, Kim, because we imagine, like I said, imagine in our mind, we always knew we wanted to foster and adopt. We, we imagined it would be a little person. Um, this child was nine. So we did things a little backwards. Our first son was nine years old. And in that very same year that he was um, finally placed with us and adopted, fostered a 12-year-old and I got pregnant later that that fall I got pregnant that year as well so our family grew within a year from two to five so so as your family grew your blended family grew mm -hmm. what pressures 
did it put on your relationship with your husband? Oh my goodness. So our pressures were a little, I'm going to say similar, but unique. You know, when you think about growing, if you can just imagine, we were one year in, we were still newly new wedge, you know, like he was still using the bathroom with the door open and I was sitting at the doors, you know. Yeah, you still left, he, he was still fine. He was he was still fine and I could sit there and just smell his poop and still be good. <laughs> like that was the first, you know what I mean? Like we were we were one year in. Like he was still, you know, fought in front of me and I would be like, oh, that stink. Ooh, okay, whatever. Like, like roses. Was, <laughs> you know, so one year in where we lived in Michigan at the time and you know, we would decide on a Thursday night, hey, baby, we're going to go spend the weekend in Chi-Town. We're going to drive up to Chicago, Illinois. You know, it's no problem. You know, but that shifted and changed when all of a sudden we go from it just being him and I, where we can go from cooking tonight or eating out or not eating at all, sleeping in all weekend long and waking up at two o'clock in the afternoon if we wanted to because we stayed up all night watching movies to now we have this whole child. Like not, we didn't, we didn't go through the pregnancy stuff first. Yeah, you didn't have no preparation. No. It was a ready-made person. A whole person, <laughs> a whole person. And I'm gonna calm down some, I'm sorry. <clears throat> but a whole person <laughs> with his own attitude, his own, you know, DNA, his own history, his mm -hmm. own life story that we had nothing to do with. So his first nine years of living, we didn't, speak into so there was so much that we didn't know about him so it's kind of like another marriage when you think about it mm -hmm. because marcus was 23 years old before we got married i was 25 so his first 23 years of living i didn't know nothing about all of that i didn't know yeah, what he... made him him just like i didn't know what made darius my first child darius i didn't even carry him in my womb so i had to get to know him i, I got remarried in 2003 to this little boy who's nine years old. So of course there was an impact. All of a sudden Marcus is a whole father to a nine-year-old. You know, it's it's different. It was it was huge. It was a lot of shifts and changes in our in our family. So when you talk about you and Marcus, what, what, what's Marcus' whole name? His 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 Marcus Adam Offit. Marcus Adam Offit. When you when you speak yes. about Marcus Adam Offit and you had said that uh, previously in one of our conversations that when you were started to become parent, when you started to become a mother and having kids, your family started growing, it caused you, to, it started bringing up inside of you, your childhood issues, the little girl issues, issues, and mm -hmm. it started bringing up in Marcus Adam his Offit, daddy issues, his daddy mm -hmm. issues, the issues he had from his childhood and as a kid. And then those things started to come together in your marriage and kind of created a perfect storm. What can you just, can you briefly talk about what that looked like? What was at, at its worst moment in that, in that storm? What did that look like? How did you guys get, get overcome that? And then what, practical what's one practical thing that you can give to the woman who's who's dealing with marriage and kids in that situation you know I, I, as I think back you know that that's been about 17 years now <laughs> 
back in 2003, when Darius joined our family, I'll never forget my, I'm a social worker, naturally, uh, professionally. And I feel like as a social worker, my education taught me only so much. It was being a parent to a child who had experienced trauma that taught me so much more than what any training could teach me. It was once my child came home that I learned how to parent a child from hard places. So I know I, I my story is a little unique because a lot of parents on here that may be listening, you know, they may have given birth to their kids or they may be that parent who married into a family and may have a, you know, a young person that, that they're now the, the stepmama or however you call it, bonus mama or whatever to, you know, a new child. Mine was a little different because it's an adoption scenario. But yes, parenting Darius brought up some of those mama issues for me personally, and also some of those daddy issues for Marcus, because Marcus I'm gonna just pick on him first and then I'll get to me. But, yeah. <laughs> but Marcus was one where his his father wasn't in his life at the time. Like his father, when him and his his when he when he was born, his father, his mother and father had divorced. So he didn't grow up with his dad. And so he was determined to be a better father than his father was. But it's one thing to do that with a child that you actually gave birth to. And it's another thing to have, add that additional layer of, this is not, you know, my, my blood child, you yeah. know, it's, a, it's another scenario. And so it's, it's more, it's, it's deeper, so much more that God plucks and digs out of you. Because when you think about it personally, when you think about it, even spiritually, we're all adopted into the body of Christ, right? Hmm. Yeah. And so- we're all adopted kids. Like it, when you think about us as a family, where there's so much that each one of us are trying to learn about the other to know and to grow together. So as a mother to Darius, my mommy issues was rejection. My mommy issues was, you know, I expected when well, my mom expected things to be done like this, you know, in order. And when things weren't done in order, there was hell to pay for, for lack of a better word. And I didn't want to, to read, to do that as a parent and as a mother myself. And I found myself going down that same path because, you know, an apple don't fall too far from the tree. Mm -hmm. So you, you found know. yourself really fighting some things that were on your bloodline that was generational. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think a lot of, a lot of women, we do like, even like, you know, even myself, like I, I find myself like that with, with my kids. There's mm -hmm. just some things that came in your childhood and whether, whether you're that one who was like, your mama uh, whoop your butt or you got trouble. You're like, I ain't never going to do that to my kids. You find yourself doing that or fighting or fighting yeah. that or, or fighting mm -hmm. that, or there's some things that you're looking like. Um, so my, my, one, like one of the issues that came up for parenting, I know with me was that I had to be the perfect mom. You know, I read Proverbs 31 and was like, oh my gosh, this woman here, she all that, then some and more. Straight goat, straight goat, she the straight goat. goat. And so <laughs> when I got married and kids and, and all of these things, I was like, I need to be her. So I would get up and do this and do that. And then finally you find yourself at burnout. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself after, after you burnt out, now the ghost of your childhood past comes up. Exactly. And you're dealing with, mommy issues, daddy issues, and then you're trying to, so now you're balancing, you're, 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 you're balancing yourself and you're also trying to balance your marriage, which 
sometimes could be neglected. I mean, you know, I know that children put on a lot of tension on relationships because, and, and this is nothing against having kids. They're a wonderful thing, but in the context of marriage and relationships, they, it put on a, it puts on a lot of strain. It, it can put on a lot of strain on relationships, especially if both parties are not on the same page. Like I, I remember when I had my youngest, and I, I, I told you, I told you this. You know, at one point it came to my husband like, "Hey, we are gonna get some bedroom action, or are you, you, are you gonna, <laughs> are, are you gonna deal with this baby?" And I'm looking like, "Dude, this new one." She she gets up every two hours faithfully and is very demanding. I, I I can't by the time I get through giving you loving, I'm it's, I ain't gonna get no rest. I'm tired, and so you know mm-hmm. it, it put on strain in a relationship and brought up feelings of rejection and things like that. And so in the, in your in your marriage, I mean, because you got seven kids all together, seven. You know the the awesome thing is there was the bigs and the littles, so they all seven one day at the same time. Praise God. God yeah, yeah, yeah. God you had you God. had generational gap. You know, you had, I had a good gaps. I had a good gap in that. But yes, there was there was that strain because again, I'm a social worker, I'm an adoptive parent before I even gave birth to children. And so there's there's extra lens. Like even though professionally, you know, this is my role. And I'm saying, like we talked about discipline as an adoptive parent, you don't discipline your kids because these kids come from trauma already where they may have been abused already Mm -hmm. so even though it's in my bloodline to snatch you up real quick (laughs) you know what I mean like you just you can't you can't you gotta hold you you gotta discipline yourself you gotta hold back I find myself being like do you you don't know what my mama name is I could snatch you and so so I'm traumatizing you more by warning you about what I could be doing but I'm not because I don't want to be in the newspaper (laughs) So at what? So let me ask you this: Was there ever a time where Marcus came to you and said, "I don't want to do this no more because of the kids"? As or far this, as marriage, or are you talking about uh, adopt, or what, what to both. do? What? Like, was there ever a time where Marcus was like, "You know what? This is a lot, Kim. I didn't really kind of, you know, I I know we kind of maybe talked about adopting, but I mean, you got the whole Brady bunch in the tribe of Judah, like, you know, like it was there, was there ever a time Marcus came to you as your husband and said, Kim, I feel like I'm being neglected. I feel like you're not, you're not paying me attention. And when I say paying attention, not, not so much like as a brat, but you know, there's times because as women, especially us women as now, we got careers, we got whole careers, we got businesses. businesses. We're some serial entrepreneurs. We some of us are ministry. We trying to be Proverbs thirty one mama, Proverbs thirty one wife, Proverbs thirty one woman. We're trying to do all of these things. We got all these hats and still try to find a moment of silence and peace so we don't go insane and lose our minds. Mm-hmm. So something at some point got to give, and I know that in marriage and stuff, when you start introducing kids to it, depending on yeah. how the setup is, depending on work schedules, depending on it's a whole lot of factors that part that connectivity part of marriage the relationship tends to suffer and at night times it's not intentional it's not intentional it it just kind of happens it does and i you know i'm thankful for the way that my husband is wired because he never came to me with an ultimatum. He never came to me saying, you know, it's either them or me. He never came to me saying, you know, look, I'm not about to do this no more. You need to send all these kids on back where they came from. He <laughs> never came to me with anything like that. He did say no to a couple of kids that I thought 
we could be adoptive parents to, you know, like siblings to some of our our adoptive children who ended up with some beautiful families and we have connections to. But, you know, he did say, you know what, I don't believe this is where God is calling us to be. Like the next child is that's going to enter our home is going to come from your womb. And that very year, you know, God proved himself to be faithful and true, even in that word, because I got pregnant that year with my daughter, just as an example. Um, and beyond that, you know, the way that he has shared how he felt about the kids versus him is more of, he would come and say, you know, I'm the factory. Like, okay. you know, like he would say little stuff like that because the reality is, you know, there's an order to everything. It's God first, mm -hmm. you know, so God takes precedence over everybody else. But within our marriage as a wife, it's my husband next. Yeah. It is them kids. You know, they say it like that, but then it's them kids. But I find myself so often reversing that order because of the busyness of everything. To I'm so focused on the kids, I'm fitting God in, and okay, all right, tonight you want some tonight? You know, like I hate to say <laughs> it like that, but it's like, uh, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I guess. So was there a time where any one of your kids, your birth biological or your adopted kids felt like as a mother, you know, because it's, it's going to happen. If you're a mom and if those of you guys are listening, you're going to have some kid. If you got more than one kid, it's going to be one kid that's going to come and say, you weren't fair. I felt like you didn't do this right mm -hmm. by me, or I don't think you was a good mama or, you know, whatever the My first one is my first. Okay. Okay, so my first child, Darius, and I know I couldn't have, I mean, I was stressed. <laughs> I'll never forget this day because I was literally rushing him to get his shoes on because we need to be to the schoolhouse by this time. And we were running late. And I'm so like, I don't like being late. Anywhere I go, I don't like being late. And it's one thing if I woke up late and I didn't get dressed, I didn't prepare in time, you know, and it's my fault. It's another thing when your butt ain't up, you ain't doing what you need to do. You don't have your shoes on. It's not time to go. Like, it's out of my control. So, like, you know, there was a tension behind it because I'm rushing him. And, you know, he's a child with his own trauma, his own issues, and being rushed don't work well for him. He needs to be the kid that I wake up an hour ahead of time so he can take his time getting prepared and we don't have to rush out the door. So we were literally, I think he had joined our family and had only been with me or with us for maybe about three months. And I was rushing him to get his shoes on so I could get him to school. Mm. And I remember just being so frustrated that morning. I know my face was all knotted up and everything, even though I wasn't mad, I was just frustrated because I knew we were going to be late. And I remember him tying his little shoes and he looked up at me. He's just nine. But kids who have experienced trauma and kids who are, kids are very intuitive as well. Just kids, period, are intuitive. So he looked up at me and he said, and I'll never forget this. He was like, are you happy being a mom? Mm. Girl, mess me all the way up. And, and you know, that's, that's, that's so... I mean, that right there needs its own space to just kind of marinate because as mothers, whether you're a single mom, an adopted mom, a married mom or whatever, a stepmom, a bonus mama, a god mama, 
when you interact with a child in the child's life, we got to be so careful, not just of what we say, but the energy we the give energy. off. The energy exactly. we give off because we can have a stressful day or moment and, and it could have a lifetime impression on, on, on a kid. So the, let me ask you, go ahead. I, one thing, just because of what you just said, if I could say this and don't forget your question, she was going to ask me, okay, I'm sorry. But <laughs> one thing that as a trainer that I tell families who are going to parent children that they didn't give birth to, but I think this is good for any parent. I tell them to be the thermos, not the thermometer. Mm -hmm. So I'm here to set the temperature in my household. I'm yeah, here to bring the energy. I'm not the one that's gauging it. You know, I'm the one who's setting it. If I'm setting it, I'm creating the energy. I'm creating the atmosphere. If you're having a bad day, you're not going to have a bad day around me, you know, because I'm going to bring the energy. I'm going to make sure that I create the environment that I want my family, my children to have. And at that time, three months into being a parent, I didn't understand how to be the thermos, the thermostat. Thermostat. Not the, not the thermometer. So you you bring a good point up and we're, we're going to wrap this, this segment up. I believe, I always believe this. I believe the woman and the mother is the heart of a home. Mm -hmm. She That makes a home. It turns a house into a home. And so you said that one of the things that we can do as we navigate marriage and raising kids at the same time, or even just raising kids, one of the ways we can navigate that is become the thermostat in our house and in our families, but also decide what temperature you're going to set that at mm -hmm. and then set your household in and then operate accordingly. Is there, from your experience, if you give, if you could give our listeners just three practical things that they can use in their life. And I know one of them, you already said, set the thermostat, be the thermostat in your house, but a, a few practical things that they could just take from this conversation and implement in their life to navigate being married and raising kids and all the, the things that come with trying to balance the relationship with both parties, you know? <laughs> well, I'm going to say now, I already said being the thermostat and not the thermometer in your household, because it's so important as the wife, the woman, the mother, the nurturer, the whoever your role as the woman in the household, whatever role you play, you're still the female in the household, you're setting the, the, the temperature, you're the thermostat, you're the bring, you're therm the thermostat, I'm sorry, you're, you're creating the environment to make this household a home. So that's number one. And, well, I'm not going to say it's even number one. I'm just going to give three and you put them in the order that's most important to you. The other thing is definitely taking care of yourself, putting on your, your, your own oxygen mask, because you literally, if you're not taking care of yourself first, you can't take care of anybody else. You literally can't. If you're not taking care of you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, whatever other lead that you can think of. <laughs> if you're not taking care of you first, you don't have anything to offer anybody else. So what you're offering others should be, if you imagine yourself as that teacup, you know, imagine the teacup on that little saucer, mm -hmm. the spillover is what you're offering everybody else. So your, your cup stays full. Ooh. Keep your cup full and offer everybody else the spillover. Take care of you. 
that's so important too. So I, I almost I struggle with, should I make that number one? That's why I said, put them in the order that you want to put them in. But also beyond that, I, now that I'm thinking, of course, keeping God first, that's got to be number one. Because if I keep, if I seek ye first the kingdom of God, if I put him first in everything, all these other things that, you know, come with being a wife, with being a mother, with being, you know, with parenting, with, with ministry, with business, with everything. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He's going to direct me. He's going to do all these things. He's, he knows the now, the middle, and the end of it all. Mm-hmm. So if I seek him first, then he's going to lead me and guide me through it all. So, okay. So if we want to put it in order, Christ first, keep God first. Take care of yourself next and be that thermostat in your home. All right. Y'all, y'all heard it from, from Dr. Kimberly Offit herself. She is a specialist in, in adoptive and family and in ministry. She, you know, she, she got it all going on. So Dr. Kim, can you please tell the listeners where they could find you at on social media? Absolutely. It's, I'm so easy to find on Facebook and Instagram at I am Kimberly Offit. That's my, you know, that's my at, at I am Kimberly Offit. So K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-O-F-F-E-T-T. And, and also too, um, I just kind of wanted to put out here because you are a first lady. And so, you know, can you give a shout out to your church where they can find your church at if they want to come in fellowship or, or anything like that? Go ahead and let them know because if they're in the uh, the area, they out of your area. I know everybody's well, we, not in California with me. <laughs> <laughs> we actually attend. I, I am a pastor's wife. My husband does not pastor the church that we're at. We did 10 years of full-time ministry and now we're we're being we're being spoken into right now. We're in that season where we're sitting and allowing others to speak into us, but we attend Go Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. Sharpsburg, Georgia. So I want to thank everybody for coming on here. And uh, let me tell you, the conversation can't continue. You can follow me on Facebook under Joy Hunter dash Nichols or Instagram under Joy underscore Nichols. And we are going to keep this thing rocking. And like I always say, remember, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how you feel, and if you wake up, you got your right mind and, and, uh, and it's all good with you, Count it all joy. Until the next time, I will see you guys later. Bye. Hey, sis. I want to thank you all for rocking with your girl today. Please make sure to like, review, download, and subscribe. Remember, it's just us sisters here. So be a part of the tribe and join us for our free Purpose is Greater Than Passion Mastermind course. Never forget that the woman you see today is a reflection of your internal strength and eternal purpose and a whole lot of sisters that got your back. Whatever it is that you go through in life, count it all joy. Until the next time, see ya.